0: ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more.
1: They're checking cherubim pots strewn strategically along the daily. Charter boys are tying padernosters in preparation for the fray. Tinnies are being towed to target on the Arnhem Highway. Over in Gove, they're rigging up teasers for the big boys there's an air of anxious
2: optimism at harbourside boat ramps as launch time moves and in the front bar of the top end pub
3: what is that well i asked you what you wanted and you said surprise me so consider yourself surprised that my friend is a beer spider schooner of mid-strength with a scoop of ice cream. It's
1: an Aussie classic. (laughs) Mate, you know I'm a devotee of the whole don't knock it till you try it thing but this, I am very comfortable knocking before I've tried it. Comfortable in the extreme. (laughs) (coughs) 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 (laughs) (hah) (hah) Just look at that creamy head. Beard more. We gotta go bro. Oh
3: yeah. Get your bums in the boat and get on with it.
1: G'day Fishos and welcome to the tinny for another week when, uh, well, it's September, isn't it? So theoretically the build-up should be here or thinking about getting here. Beard, g'day to you. G'day. G'day. Um, can you feel it yet can you feel it in your groin yet
3: there's been a couple of nights where that where maybe the, the, the groinometer has, has has registered a reading it's not peaking yet though the groinometer is oh it? it's far from peaking yeah no and that's that you know that um that scale allows for quite a lot of peak uh, so you know I'd say well, give it a few more weeks give it a few more weeks we don't want to will it to happen we know it's going to happen so just chill out what got me this week was those stats uh, that came out from that um that that it was at the FRDC report oh, yeah. about the numbers of uh, female fishers in the Territory. Like slightly more uh, women fishers in the Territory than men. I mean, heaps more than other states anyway. I think that the, the average elsewhere was 18% of women sort of fish. Uh, but here it's like 33, and the men, what was it,
1: 32.7? Really, though, this is only of surprise to those Reading the stats for the first time or making the stats, is yeah. it not? Yeah, I reckon. Is this any surprise to the church? Yeah. I mean yeah. with the likes of Megs and Bushchook and Bush Chick and Tash Ramers and the High Priestess and Lisa the Brave and the list goes on and on and on. Mm.
3: No one's surprised
1: by those stats, I don't think. Not within this church anyway.
3: Not surprising to anybody that uh, in the territory women. And like men to fish. are hardcore <laughs> fishos. I mean, that's, okay. This is another one of those studies,
1: isn't it? You know? After all, if you dissect it even further, ours is and has always been a church denomination where we, where we accept women as priests. Always have. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, more like the, the Church of England or, or Baptists or, or United Methodists or, or Evangelical Lutheran Church, Conservative Judaism beard. Even the Unitarian Universalists. Indeed. Even them. In fact, what, that, what we deduce from that is pretty much it's only the Roman Catholics and Orthodox churches. That, so we're, we're least like them. Yes. And more like every other
3: denomination. Yep. But more
1: interesting. Proof will be in the pudding this week
3: on Tales from the Tinny <laughs> as to whether that statement of fact... The most is interesting church you're likely to go to this week. <laughs> Stick around, fishers, because we're heading down to the Vic. We're going to see how Dry Season Daily's been fishing. Uh, also talking corroboree ahead of the secret women's business comp. Uh, and plus, maybe even how to catch a bat. No people rifling through bins this week. No, but we have just promised that we're the most interesting church out there, so so there you go. How that, to, catch, that, how to, that, how to that, catch a bat. Is that why you threw that in? <laughs> <laughs> we've got
1: groinometers and we've got bats, fishers. <laughs> Plenty to look forward to, as always, on Tails from the Tinny, with Tim and Beard. One bloke hasn't got a keeper yet, because they've all been over 90, so they are all got
4: to go back. Then I throw a big timbalure with no sound at all, and...
5: Third time, bounce off, fourth time I cast, and I got it. Tails from the Tinny.
3: When it comes to the loose group of Territory fishos known as the Magnificent Bastards, it's difficult to know to what exactly the magnificence be tied. Mm. Is it that they are magnificent and also bastards? Or is the very bastardry of their character in itself magnificent? In some respects, it's kind of both, isn't it?
6: Mm.
1: And I, I will object before you go on to the reference of them being a loose co- oh, yes. contingent. Yeah, tight. I think they're tight as anything. Tight. I mean, and that too is part of their magnificence. Yes, they're not there to muck around. No, right? They've got quotas. They've got procedures and protocols.
3: They've got standard operating procedures. We're going to answer some of these big questions on the team this week as we talked to the unofficial figurehead frontman and chairman of the bastards, Russ from the Do, who's just come back from a trip on the Daily. How are you going, Russ?
4: Yeah, good day, fellas. How are we?
3: Good. Do you actually have protocols uh, within the Bastards? You'd have SOPs at the very least, wouldn't you? KPIs?
4: There's many, 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 many ones. my one is every man for himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and there's strict protocol in, um, you, you know, wherever we travel, every, everything's done by, you know, the procedure in um, keep, keeping the, the tight lip on everybody is very difficult.
1: If you go out on the growler, with Russ that's, as the chairman right. of the L- Bastards. Yep, shut your mouth. L-
4: L- loose lips will sink that ship, and that's no good.
1: It's a safe work method statement too. It's it's one of your swims that if you want to remain safe on this boat, you shut the hell up. The Otherwise, up. there's that, going to be, right. no, be damage. That's,
4: that's, everyone signed, signed an indemnity at some stage, mm. and that's, that's all put away in, in the shelf at home. And, and if we do... We're really, we we don't get it um, often. A new member, uh, it happens every now and then, but but maybe the initiation can be a bit tough at times too. And yeah, that that can have a con- consequences as well.
3: Which yeah. brings us to your conversation with uh, with a, a national podcast. Let's loosen the lips now, Russ. You just got <laughs> back from the. You just got back from break, the
4: break. the SOP break is what you said.
3: How was the daily, Rust?
4: Uh, I tell you what, it was one of the best. Um, Uh, relaxing trips I I had a few beers with a prawn man on a Saturday night and we said why why don't we go down the daily on a on Monday and spend the night camped up in front of Lizzie Creek down there and just enjoy the you know the serenity of of probably not many boats down there for one um and just have a have a crack and see what happens um so in that that regards uh for mental health it was extremely good it suggests (laughs)
1: either the fishing was crap or he's refusing to break his SOP
4: and yes, tell no, us how no, it I'm, I'm, I'm on full disclosure mode on this one. Very difficult. I've, I've never seen... We, we went down there the Monday coming off those two days of extremely neat tides, expecting the river to be quite clean, and um, especially for flicking a few plastics around and, and whatnot. And We just found when we even got near the main rock bar down there, it was very dirty, and we pushed right down to, to tackle box to get the first incoming tide down there, and it, it was just mud. It was terrible, so we um, basically had a had a bit of a trawl and a look through there, and there was a few fish there, but n- nothing exciting. Um, we went back up to Elizabeth Creek, uh, threw, threw some lures out around there, and then there was a, a boat, even bait fishing there with some liveys, liveys out, and all they got was a metre catfish for, t- I think, a couple of hours there, so that didn't give us a lot of encouragement.
3: Oh, that's a good caddy, though. What, I mean, that's What, what, what,
1: what explains, um, you know, that river not settling like you would have hoped and expected, particularly, you know, pushing into late August, September?
4: The, the wild wind that we've had for so long probably does it to the south as well. If you get a lot of swell out the front there and a lot of wind and even on those neat tides it, it starts to push all that crappy water up. Um, especially and maybe unsettles a lot of the trash as that well too like the trash we went through it was like on on a big spring tide down there that pushes all that muck up the river
1: did that play out for the whole day then or the whole trip mate and 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 applied to all the other sort of grey nomad soaking cherubins or live bait down there
4: yeah, absolutely. Um, like we, we saw a few people catch small small fish. You'll always get a few small ones here and there on on the liveys, but uh, we, we ended up getting a a few small bar on, on. Dave's the prawn man's expertise on the vibe was absolutely outstanding, which earned him another free membership for another year. The other big issue we had down there was the sharks. It, it, virtually every fish we hooked, it, it had a shark on its ass straight away.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, you'd be hoping daily picks up, though, as we get further into the build-up, wouldn't you?
4: The water temperature got up to about 27 down there. Um, and I'm I'm tipping over the next few weeks, that's going to steadily increase. And thus, the problem is, too, it brings more sharks up the river, the warmer that river gets. Um, you, you might get some better fish coming up, too, but you're going to have to battle with the, the sharks down there as well.
3: Coming into September, though, Russ, like, it must be must be difficult for you because the prospect of like of glass outs out wide of Dundee blue water uh, that must be what's actually really you know drawing your attention not the daily
4: yeah absolutely like the, the daily the rivers are always a good if a, if the tides are a bit different and the winds up and around but I, I do love my I rate it probably the number one fishing to get out wide and get some of those big red red fishes is high on the agenda that you don't often do, you know, a lot of the time. And when you when you do get rewarded out there with some thumping, you know, some 80-plus centimetre red emperors and nannies, it's um, yeah it's pretty hard to beat. It's not often you pull up an 80-centimetre red emperor up.
1: Oh, no, that's awesome.
4: Yeah. They've been a bit hard to find out there here and there. And, like, you, you usually get a few good nannies, but the emperors are the cream of the crop, and they're always a, a bit harder to find. I can pick them when they come up from. If that water's clean out there, you can see them coming up from about 15 meters and you can see their white lips. And I, you can call it straight away, usually yeah, if it's right, an a yeah. emperor or a nana guy. And the nannies, they put up such a big fight as well. Like they're, they're basically a, a big golden snapper on steroids. It is physical fishing. It, like it, blokes train for this on treadmills.
1: But you've got to go out at least that 50K range to start getting yes. into that deeper clearer. Water. Is that about I, the I, mark?
4: I try and find at least 40-odd metres. I'm sure there's spots around where you will get them in shallower a bit. Um, But generally what we've found, if you can go 45 to 50 metres, it's in some good ground. We've done probably, I don't know, maybe 50-odd trips out there now, I reckon, easy. Um, Mm. So we have covered a lot of ground, and we don't fish the pipeline anymore. That's off my list big time.
1: What waste of time, or too many sharks, or what?
4: Too many sharks, yeah. and I, I don't know whether the pros moved in there, and a lot of people might have cleaned their fish out there, and it's just shark alley now. We threw in at Dundee and left left the truck at the ramp there for um, a few nights. I think we did over 400 k's, and we, f- we were lucky enough to go out wide first first up, and we went out probably 95 k's or something, and got some really big fish, some good reds, and then um, then we went to fish the Anson Bay creeks, and on the way on on the way in. We saw quite a, a number of humpback whales. They were quite thick out there. Um, and then, yeah, we, we, we got some ripper crabs, a few barra and um, some nice goldies and had a. the weather was perfect to do all of that. So we, we were blessed with the weather for a few days like that.
3: I can't believe you're back out catching those massive reds. I mean, like, if I caught one of those red emperor that you caught, it would have lasted me all year. They are very big fish that, that occupy those those wider and, and, spots. And
1: this is why you are not a magnificent bastard, dude. Yeah. keep yeah. well, we sat... your appetite going, Yeah, mate. say no more. I can't keep a mouth <laughs>
3: shut either, so, you know. <laughs> yeah. I can't made the protocols.
1: <laughs> Good on you, fella. Nice to chat to you again, and best of luck in those next uh, next few trips out wide as the weather
6: calms yes. and stills.
4: Looking forward to it, fellas. Looking forward to it. Catch ya.
6: Regurgitated. <laughs> Yo, oi, Bricks here from um, Stewart Park, local fish Hit up with a um, couple of queens lately. I didn't really have a plan to go fishing that night, really. Look, I've got with me a squid jig, a hook size 2-0, and my noodle rod. I'll just go play with a squid, but then again... Queenfish fish starts busting. So I was like, all right, mate, I'll give it a shot. What can you do? Yeah, what can you do? The squid's around. I've got hook, I've got my fishing rod. I might as well give it a shot, you know? So I've tried it, and I've tried my squid, you're gonna call one. And then my mate's like, what are you gonna do with the squid? they yeah, catch those busting fish, mate. Put it on me hook, flick a couple of times, like five or six times, and the head fell off. So I've got half a squid left. I said to myself, last guy, I am going home cast it as far as possible as I could, and on my retrieve, pulled me nearly, took me raw. This is on a, on, on a squid minus a head. Yeah, a squid minus a head, so it's as effective as with the head, really. Tales from the Tinny.
1: It feels like an eon, that it often does be it, I think, when someone's so meaningful in your life, a voice of such reason and passion and wisdom...
3: Just isn't there for a while, but we just did the show together last week.
1: So it's <laughs> only... <laughs> <laughs> Warren Dewitt. How are you, mate? The Ayatollah of the DKVR and proprietor of Rod and Rifle Tackle World in uh, Catherine. How's things?
2: Yeah, very good, mate. Very good. Uh, the the weather's sort of starting to turn a little bit now. I can just feel. My nostrils flaring a little bit now with the uh, warmer weather almost starting and the wind the wind has been the probably the biggest bugbear at the moment. But once that disappears, um, I reckon the, the weather will settle down and we'll soon start seeing some build-up weather, I hope.
1: Yeah, we were talking about the groinometer a little bit earlier that it's just kind of tickling up there. But as soon as the wind drops, we'll be almost calling it build-up then. that That'll be the sign, won't it?
2: Certainly will. Once you get that humidity of a nighttime, I mean, at the moment, the, the daytime temperatures are sort of going up in that 34, 35, but we're still dropping way down in Catherine, especially. And you guys up there in Darwin went down below 20 again just the other day. So there's still that cool air of a nighttime. It's until you get that warmer air of a nighttime, that's what starts the water temperature lifting because the daytime works as hard as it can at 34, 35 degrees, but then it loses all that temperature of the night time because the air just uh, cools the water too much so once we get that uh humidity back into the air of a night time you will see the water temperature increasing and then certainly the fish will start to uh respond accordingly to that water temperature moving up
1: now we just heard from russ down the daily who said it was 27 degrees down there but he thought because of the wind really on on neat tides really muddy really dirty really crap fishing what are what are you hearing from the daily if anything at the moment
2: yeah, it's been pretty hard. The freshwater section is not too bad. Um, up in the top sections of the of the daily have been sort of a few fish getting caught. Obviously, with this full moon that we have, having, it's a blue moon, and the moon is so bright at the moment, um, there's a few boys been going out of the nighttime on the roper um, and trying their luck and doing okay nighttime fishing as well. So that that's definitely worth a try in the billabongs, um, especially in, like in Kakadu and any of the up upstream stretches of any of those river systems that you want to have a fish of a night time with that big moon like it is. It's almost like night uh, daytime out there at the moment. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, and good, clean, cool night. So you can sort of go and have a crack in any of those billabongs or into that freshwater sections of those rivers. It's too dirty probably in the tidal sections at the moment because we're obviously on spring tide. So it's going to be pushing pretty hard up and down, except maybe along the coastal areas, um, like the mouth of Shady Camp and along those coastal creeks, and also some of the bigger river systems, they might start producing fish on those bigger tides.
3: Warren, uh, this week we we catch up with one of the teams that's going to be fishing the uh, Secret Women's Business Comp uh, out at Corroboree. Uh, Part of... I mean, the wind's been part of the story out there, right? Like, it's been pretty dirty for some stretches of of the bong because that wind's just been blowing so strong. But as it dies off into the weekend... Um, I mean, how how important is the water clarity in that billabong uh, fishing situation and why?
2: Yeah, it's going to be pretty critical. Um, probably the other thing that's going to influence the bite during the daytime is that moon of the nighttime because if I'm a barramundi and I've got a full moon like I have at the moment, I'm going to be smacking fish left, right and centre of the nighttime because it's going to be a little bit easier for them to find but not totally clear like it is during the daytime. So they may find it pretty tough to, to get that bite time um, with the moon being like it is at the moment too. So it'll be interesting. The wind certainly is a factor and, and also water clarity, like you talked about, is the other thing that everyone knows. that. And the thing to think about, especially on billabongs, is if you go and have a fish maybe towards the, the, the wind blowing side of the billabong, so that's where it's blowing all the food, so it pushes it all over towards that um, side of the billabong. So... Don't fish on the lee side. Go over to the side where the wind has actually uh, pushed everything over because that's where sometimes you'll find the food's been moved to. Vic,
1: even worth discussing? It's
2: been going really good, actually. Um, surprisingly, I was talking to a customer yesterday. who got 30 mud crabs out there on the weekend. Um, and a few boys have been hooking some salmon and dewfish, uh, which have been really good. So, yeah, um, the Vic, this weekend, big tides, is going to be a problem, obviously, Fishing out there on these big tides, you need to you bait fish more than lure fishing because the river's just going to be upside down in the coffee colour. So you need to just sort of change your, your your mode of fishing, I suppose, and use live bait.
3: Nice, Warren. Well, look, may the nostrils start flaring even more mm. in the in the coming weeks, like, like the horsey upon which you ride. Mm. <laughs> exactly. How's the
1: how's the camp draft been going, Warren?
2: Yeah, no, not too bad. I've missed a couple. because I've had to have work commitments. But um, I'm back in the saddle at the end of or the middle of this month or middle of September, sorry. So I'll be travelling down to, to Brunette. And I did borrow a ruler and didn't do too bad down there, actually. Enjoyed that. That was quite a good draft down there and got a couple of placings. So, yeah, not too bad, mate. Enjoying it.
3: Good well one. Done. Yeah, no- nostrils flaring left, right and centre. Let us all hope they
1: continue to do so. Mm. Cheers, Warren.
2: <laughs> all right, boys. All the best.
6: upload, give us a hoi.
3: Some sad news to kick us off, Tim, uh, from none other than the Barrow Whisperer and uh, and Sensei, Hiro Nakamura.
5: When I got home from work uh, on twenty uh, eighth of August, I found my fifty cc old scooter uh, missing in my parking lot. I have uh, two scooters now, but uh, uh, I have uh, many good memories uh, about this scooter, so yeah, I would be happy if it comes back to me.
3: So that was on ABC Darwin Brecky, uh on Tuesday. Hero's, Hero's got another one, but, man, it's, this is the OG. This is the one where, if you've seen <laughs> pictures of Hero getting around Darwin with, a, with the barra dangling from the handlebars... I'm pretty sure it was from this one. So many Barra, many fishing trips undertaken under her watchful gaze, Mm. many hopes and dreams carried upon her, Mm. and no one steals from Hero. You'd think retribution for this, because Mm. of the magnitude of the crime, uh, retribution would be at a cosmic level for such a horrendous act.
1: Uh, You've put that very well, Beard.
3: Mm. No one does that.
1: The cosmos will decide the fate Of the perpetrator.
3: So, it's really sad to hear. Uh, Church, keep an eye out for it. Dark blue, no windshield or luggage case. Perhaps a faint whiff of barramundi. Uh, I guess we're not really recommending that you go around sniffing every scooter that you see, but... (laughs) I guess we are.
1: (laughs) It's exactly what we're proposing, that if you're wandering down Mitchell Street, and in a motorbike parking bay, there's a series of scooters, feel free now to just... Get down and sniff them all. Territorians and church members will know exactly what you're doing. You're trying to find heroes. It's good. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah.
1: I also think as the cosmos sorts out its retribution, that medium-sized fish, new commish, Michael Murphy, should be put onto the case Ooh. by the church. Sorry, say that again. Medium-sized fish, Michael, new commish. Medium-sized fish, new commish, Michael Murphy. You're going to have to contextualise that. He... Michael Murphy was around in the days when Reese Kershaw nominated himself, big fish Comm- no big fish assistant commish. Then he became big fish commish, big fish commish. Mm. Which, from my recollection, Michael Murphy, as the assistant at the time, always had serious questions of it uh, regarding. So Michael Murphy would refer to the to big fish commish at the time as no fish commish oh okay right so what is and you're saying that medium
5: that I'm what, just I, be, I'm,
1: I'm just laying out a happy medium ground uh, up, 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 upon which I guess medium-sized fish uh, new commish, Michael
3: Murphy can retort <laughs> or doesn't, respond doesn't quite roll off the tongue in quite the same way but but no but you're right no no fish commission it, big it, fish Commission were already taken it's so. c- it's kind of damned
1: by faint praise and an underhanded slap to invite um, uh, Medium sized fish, new ki- fish commission to, to act r- upon this, to respond, and then to act upon the crime.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: Because this is the face of crime in Darwin, is it not? Mm. Local artist Ali de Groot, famous for her ghost net art of jellyfish beard, is at the Fifth International Wicker and Weaving Festival in Europe. Lovely. Basically, the Weaving Olympics, doing a Churchill Fellowship uh, investigating endangered basketry. Endangered basketry. Of all things. Wow. What, why are you telling me this? Fair question. She got talking to ABC Darwin Breakfast Joe Laverty during the week, and a deal was struck that could actually be very good for Tales from the Tinny.
0: Next I'm going, uh, I'll be in Scotland to learn how to weave a, um, a traditional boat, a coracle, that were traditionally, like big baskets that were then lined with uh, skins, and that were, you know, floated out into the waters so, uh, and used for fishing. And so there's only a handful of people that know how to make these. Is it possible that the Tales from the Tinny Crew are going to be invested in making their own special woven <laughs> fishing trap and they'll be out there trying to get something out of getting a barra or something like that with one of these baskets? Oh, let's
6: make it happen.
0: <laughs> I agreed. Let's just make that happen. <laughs> I'll get my people to talk to your people.
6: That could be fun. Tell them I'm going to weave them a boat.
1: I love where your head's at, Joe, and not where she was headed originally, but now Ali's going to weave us a a, a woven-style boat at the Weaving
3: Olympics. More boats, the better. Everybody knows that. You can't have enough. Would you be comfortable in one of those? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Provided that the skin didn't prove to be an attractant to our large predators. Um, But, you know, I'm comfortable in the yak. It's not too far from that. I, I wouldn't be comfortable. No? No, absolutely not. Well, look, seeing she's heading to Scotland,
1: by the way, to weave a woven boat, thank goodness that Brigadier Watt is there Ah. working on the water. Um, for the inevitable sinking that will follow
3: <laughs> well you I mean, he can you be mean in the test case before, search and rescue before it. she brings the, that model <laughs> to Darwin back to us okay bring it here. what that's on you sweet <laughs> um, some comments on the face ache, uh, regarding the uh, the mother-in-law cooking discussion that we had last week oh yes is what what, what did the jury say the jury was was pretty positive uh, Walter said just bleed and ice it straight away. Skin the fillets, and they're one of the nicest eating one of the nicest eating fish out there. Big wow,
1: call. Walter, big call.
3: Um, occasionally, occasionally, one you'll get uh, get one that has mushy flesh, but you can generally tell before you have to kill it. Oh. Uh, I bet people who call them mother-in-laws, etc., have never tried them. Wow. Uh, Thomas said with proper care, they're not bad. Daniel said they make great fish cakes. Wow, Paul just said give it to the dog. Patso <laughs> said just yuck. Um, but Kev said, fill it and cut the bloodlines out for a three out of ten. <laughs> beats, this is it, beats starving. There you go. So, you know, but you know, fairly maligned still, but as suspected for the slightly more open-minded, it's, it's doable. Three out of ten, beats starving. Uh, you're with
1: Tim and Beard on Tales from the Tinny. You can give us a hoy anytime you like via fishing at abc.net.au, which is the email address. Or flick us a message on Facebook. You can also send us correspondence from wherever you are, on the water, off the water, via the FreeTails and the Tinny uh, Field Recording app, which you can download on your phone any time. As uh, as this fella has done, a, a very familiar voice on the field recording uh, uh, correspondence app.
5: Incoming, incoming, incoming.
2: How are you, Shaga?
3: <laughs> Good mate. <laughs> Hello Tash from the Tinny. Trio boys here. We just did a quick random trip to the Cape. Sam said we'll go on barra fishing but uh we well actually oh, I thought we'll go on barra fishing. Yep. But anyways we did a trip up the Cape so if anyone heads up there's a big sign and there's a lot of flogs putting stupid stickers but we just obnoxiously slapped a big red go fast 120 yyy why, 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 red Delilah sticker. Sorry Get f everyone else. Like, subscribe and follow. Caught one bar. And um, I flew nothing else. <laughs> there goes our finger. <laughs> Get a file up, yeah. He doesn't muck around, does he? <laughs> no. No. But he, and he had to go.
1: You heard the buzzer went off. His food was ready. The pick is so good of yeah. what he did on that sign.
3: Yeah. So obnoxious. It is. We'll put the, the, the photo up on Fish O's So you can see just how obnoxious that stickering is. And I realised that the diagonal placement of that sticker uh, across that sign, mm. not just the fact that it's a very large red sticker, uh, is really what makes this... Like a bit of a power play. The the diagonal nature of it is a full power play. Had he put it just, you know, horizontal, very different mood, very different message. He
1: owned that whole board that everyone who goes up the Cape puts their sticker on. Mm. He just owned it. Yeah, yeah. It was a real thumb of the nose. An aggressive act, some would suggest.
3: Yeah, look, and if you're another one of the stickerers on this board, um, for example, uh, Robert and Anna, Cape Trip 2017, (laughs) or... uh, (laughs) Mikothara Yacht Club, sinking and drinking since nineteen ninety, um, or something called Reels, Ruts and Nuts. Um, you'd really feel like your contribution has been has been disrespected by this blatant display of yeah. adhesive power. Yeah, and that's exactly what's happened. Yeah, I never actually thought the placing of adhesive stickers could be an act of violence. You're wrong. How wrong I've been. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Absolutely wrong. Uh, how's this then? With um, season nine of Million Dollar Fish In coming in a month, mm. the head honchos have released a tit bit over which to salivate beard. That this season, someone is guaranteed to win the mill. How? Mate, they simply have said, quote, a set of initiatives planned to ensure someone bags a big one. To maintain the integrity of the competition, they reckon, details will be released as the season progresses with the first initiative to be revealed in time for the start of Season 9 on the 1st of October, 2023. So, is is, is that a guarantee or is this just another sell to try to get people to register?
3: Well, I mean, guarantee, I mean, it's an interesting term. I mean, how would that work? You're on a snag, someone in a black turtleneck and a beret pulls up next to you and goes like, hey... I'd cast over there if I were you. Yeah. yeah. No, I really, really think <laughs> right there you should do it. Is that is that an initiative? No. no colder. Warmer. 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 getting boiling, boiling hot. Boiling hot. Or maybe they'll just put it in Manton, and redirect all the traffic there. There we go. That's an initiative. Yeah. So you you know basically direct the whole traffic of the Stuart Highway to flick Manton until mm, someone. We will gets let
1: it. you know when this initiative uh, is released in more detail, shows.
3: And lastly, fishos, in the biggest hoy of 2023, (laughs) we had to nod to this come from WA, this fella, Darren Smith, fishing with a mate in their tiny tinny about 100 metres off a point uh, around Broome recently when they noticed a whale and its calf Mm. about 20 metres away. You probably know where this is headed. Breached right next to them, drenched them, caused a bit of a wave, pretty sketchy. But as you'll hear, the sketchier the incident, the more hysterical the
6: laughter
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> that if you've ever wondered what it sounds like when a whale breaches nearby that's what it sounds like. It sounds like you're the devil himself having a giggle.
3: Oh, look, oh there's a little baby.
1: <laughs> Did you
3: catch the little last the last oh, bit of that, though? Okay. Oh yeah. Shall we move?
1: Yeah, but nah. It happened five <laughs> seconds ago.
3: <laughs> oh, holy crap! Shall we move?
1: <laughs> you can give us a hoy too, fishos via fishing at abc.net.au, which is the email address of our ABC Tales and the Tinny on Facebook.
6: Shoot it. Share it. Shout it. Give us a hoy. Turned out to be about 100 square metres of just mackerel at your feet.
4: You can nearly touch the fish and you're like, what do I do now? Sometimes
2: I don't think before I speak and this is one of those moments.
3: But surprisingly, it actually works.
5: Tails from the Tinny.
3: Hey, talking about hardcore female fishos off mm-hmm. the back of that study this week. Mm-hmm. I reckon Catherine would have a fair share of them. Yeah, if you were looking for a hub, I mean other than
1: every single suburb of Darwin and Palmerston and Nolanboy. Yeah, Nulham Boy and Catherine would have to be... Jabberoo. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's, ne- <laughs> let's not get into then naming every regional town, community and location and suburb of the top end. But maybe we can just agree, yes,
3: there are many hardcore fishos in and around Catherine. And that is where, Tim, we found Jody Bowler this week, who was quite jubilant about a trip they did to the Vic over the weekend. Jody, how are you going?
0: Yeah, good, thank you.
3: Tell us about this dewy.
0: Um, yeah, well, it was 110 centimetres, my um, biggest fish. Boom. Um, Shannon told me that I had a snag and then decided after a bit, no, it wasn't a snag, and um, I had to pull anchor and chase it into the middle of the river. He said, what are you on? I said, I'm on a fish. No, it's a snag. And I was quite calm, actually, and said, no, it's a it's a fish. Look, it's going. <laughs> <laughs> Shannon eventually pulled up the um, anchor, and we followed it out into the river. Then it pulled us back into the rocks again, so we went back out again. And um, then he was going to shift the boat again, and I said, my trace is just there. Then he went, oh, shit, that's a big G fish, and grabbed the net and got it in the boat.
3: (laughs) (laughs) This fish actually saw you out fishing him, which uh, I'm led to believe is quite a common occurrence.
0: Yes, yep. Yep, no, definitely, he outfished me in numbers, but I outfished him in size, very common in our boat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> so how was the rest of the trip, Jodie?
0: Yeah, no, good. It was windy on Sunday, and we actually had to pack up and come home early, because it was just blowing a gust. But them's the breaks. there's always another weekend. What did we get? We got some catfish, Shunning hooked onto a big shark, but that chopped him off, cut couple of swordfish couple of stingrays, couple of barras and another little jewfish.
3: I heard you uh, had a bit of uh, calamity.
0: Someone didn't read the sounder very well and we got stuck on a sandbar. So we were out pushing the boat off the sandbar. Mm. Not very choice words were happening at that stage.
1: Would you like to give us an example?
0: <laughs> what the f*** are we doing over here? Shannon. <laughs> Thank you, Jodie. Yeah, maybe that came out.
3: (laughs) That was was very clear, Jodie. Thank you. (laughs) Jodie, can you just paint us a picture of actually like where fishing actually sits in your family?
0: It's like we do work hard five days a week. Um, Sometimes Shunham works six, seven days a week if we've got to go out to the communities. Um, And it really is at some times you've just got to say enough's enough with work. We've got to go out and we've got to get away. Just so... The idea is you pack up the boat. It's always normally packed, and we just go. We head. That's our relaxation, um, and we go out there to enjoy it. No phone. Well, we do have a sat phone, but only the kids have got the number. So um, we just go out there and relax, and um, if we tempers get too short at work, we go.
3: It says a lot that the boat's always packed.
0: The boat is always packed, yes. <laughs> we have been known to um, be sitting in the truck doing deliveries and look at each other and say, well, today's going to be an early day, let's go. So that's what we do. That'll be a Friday afternoon and we'll just go.
1: It sounds like fishing plays a bloody important role in marital and relationship harmony, if I can be so bold as to suggest uh, as much,
0: Jodie. Yep. Yep, it's our downtime and, yeah, recharge the batteries and get back to normal. And then come back and start it all again on Monday.
3: Yeah, that's But a... in
0: 20 years, we've never chucked each other out the boat, so that's got to be a bonus, eh?
3: And let that be the measure of the strength of the r- relationship. And, and let that be the measure. Mm. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and when's the next trip? Do you know? What's the plan?
0: Well, Shannon wanted to go next weekend, but we've got to go up to Darwin and pick up the daughter's new car. So he's um, a bit poopy at the moment that we oh, can't go. Because apparently the tides are good.
1: <laughs> Shannon's a bit poopy. as you would be good on you
7: Jodie
0: thank you and um, we'll catch you later bye
7: hi my name's Murray well Murray standing here overlooking Lake Bennett what's going on well we're just enjoying a little bit of time down here for work and um, tried to do a little bit of fishing last night which was in the moonlight it was beautiful pretty quiet, we're throwing a few surface lures around, hoping for one of these big barra to bite it, and um, nah, not much action at all, it's very quiet. Not a lot of tarpon out at this time of year, I normally like to fish up there on that end there, but after the wet they're normally bubbling. Looks, looks pretty tame out there right now. Actually managed to get one small tarpon last night, um, but um, that was pretty much it, other than a bat. Did you say bat? That's correct. We caught a bat. Um, uh, I don't know how. I've never done it before. Hope I don't do it again. But uh, yeah, just cast my lure out and felt something hit the line, but didn't think much of it. Just thought it was a tarpon. But um, as it came closer to the boat, I saw it in the moonlight, I saw something on the line. I thought it was weed, and I grabbed it, and um, it was furry. It must have sensed the line in the air, and um, it hit the actual line and got tangled up in the line. The lure was miles from the bat so yeah we got the bat to the boat and um, it had braid wrapped around its very delicate little wings it was kind of ugly. Being an enviro I had to do my bit and try and get this thing safely out so we uh, wrapped an item of clothing around it of course bats are potentially dangerous and carry some diseases so we yeah, we wrapped a shirt around it and gently unwrapped this poor little bat from the braid with minor damage It was a bit steady getting away, but it it took off and flew away okay. It did get me thinking about um, micro bat surface lures though on Lake Bennett. It could be a go. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) Indeed. Um, Is that your first bat? Absolutely, yeah. never caught a bat before. I've caught snakes, I've uh, caught crocodiles, but never a bat. And did you put it on the the red Go Fast sticker? How big did it go? Um, No, it was a micro bat. Um, I think they're well undersized and should be released. It was tiny. <laughs> OK. <laughs> Alright, what's next? You've done the snake, you've done the croc, you've done the bat. Anything else on the, uh, the nature non fish bucket list? Oh, not really, no. I think we'll uh, just leave the uh, animals alone and hopefully we'll get onto one of these big barra tonight.
8: G'day, I'm Rebecca. Hello, I'm Emily. Hi, I'm Lyra. Hi, I'm Leah, and we're from kind of a big reel fishing secret women's business challenge. 2023
3: we're sitting uh, atop your boat here in the uh well it's actually the car park of the Palmerston water park but um but let's forget about that you just come back from uh from uh, your last pre-fish uh before swb leah how did it go
8: um yeah it wasn't actually too bad the wind played its part today thank god so caught a few fish can't complain
3: uh, it played its part, being it wasn't blowing, uh, you know, 50 knots, and you weren't basically, you know, surfing white caps.
8: Mm, yeah, it wasn't like it was on Saturday, and there was white caps, and she was rocking.
3: <laughs> um, there's been a lot of talk about this wind in the lead-up to this comp, um, dirtying up the bong like significantly before that comp. The wind is due to to die down over the weekend. Um, I guess first of all. How important is, is water clarity on the bong for, for this comp? Uh, and is there going to be enough time between the wind dropping and the comp starting to make a difference?
8: Well, we actually noticed just today when we we're out there the water has already cleared up a lot, even since when we were there Saturday, Sunday. So I guess the wind's died down a bit and coming out of the cut in it, it's a lot
5: clearer already. So,
3: I mean, how important is water clarity on the bong? Uh, what difference does that make for your fishing?
5: Uh, look, probably... I noticed it the most when we're targeting toga because we always just watch our lure and as soon as you see them coming for it and then you know just straight up when to jerk it. So if you can't sort of see your lure in the water, then it makes it a bit more challenging.
3: But what about in terms of like even like propensity to, for them to even feed and, and want to have a go?
5: Yeah, look, I think with the temperature drop that sort of happened over the last couple of days has made it a bit challenging with our pre-fishing. Um, but yeah, they seem to be a bit more active today, so fingers crossed Coming up to the weekend, it keeps getting a bit warmer.
3: What has been your recipe for success over the, uh, you know, during your pre-fishes?
8: We're actually last. We're normally a lot more confident with our targeting toga, but we've focused a lot more on barra, and I guess yeah, using the live target and just seeing where they're sitting during the day and where they move to. So we've kind of yeah dialed it in, and we've followed them around. So.
3: What are some of those numbers that you've pulled out like recently, like uh, toga and barra?
8: Um, on Saturday, we caught eight barra, was it? The toga this year has been a lot bigger than what we were getting last year. We caught about a million 39 centimetre togas, and they need to be 40 for point scoring. Um, but on our pre fishing this year, we've found that they've been a lot better in size, like 50 60s. Um, and yeah, the barras have been about the 50 to 60, so. Lots of rats, too, though. Lots of rat barrows.
3: How hardcore have you been doing the pre fishing, by the way?
8: Um, not as much as what we did last year. We hit it very hard, but we have been out there a fair few weekends putting in the hard yards trying to find the fish.
3: Is there such a thing as doing too much pre fishing?
8: Yes. It makes it very hard, especially closer to because you don't want to fish your spots, but you can't pre fish without finding the fish.
3: <laughs> so, when you guys are catching fish during the comp, what's the rule do you have to is it no screams and, and 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 high fives is it just like keep it keep it on the down low or what
5: no nah, it's a big celebration <laughs> and it always ends with a snorkel and a liquid ecstasy shot so
3: and that is not your uh, standard snorkel that you might be thinking of fishers one does not snorkel the billabong any more than one snorkels the daily one of the issues with, um, with fishing a comp like this is that it's, a, it's in a billabong, it's a relatively small space, there's heaps of boats uh, and by that second day the boat traffic not only dirties the water up but kind of you know, helps kind of shut the fish down. How do you play that into your strategy basically expecting that is going to happen?
8: We have our obviously our day one game plan, and then yeah, when we went out today, our main focus was finding our backup plan a little bit further up from where we plan on fishing, where there will be hopefully less boat traffic. So it's hard.
3: Is it, is it even hard to just sneak away from other boats? I mean, everybody knows everybody. Like, oh, I wonder where they're going.
5: Yeah, look, <laughs> especially if you're known to catch fish on day one, they're finding where you're sitting on day two, and that's where they go. <laughs> boat wrap doesn't help either
3: <laughs> i meant to say yeah new boat wrap no it looks looks swished. This actually helped the mojo a bit too
5: definitely yeah, it does. <laughs> definitely i think we look so cool on the water but personally but um now nah, we've been doing a lot of instagram content as well posting photos and videos so i think people have noticed that
3: well what kind of content are you posting on instagram
5: um, so we've been making a lot of video reels, um, just with a compilation of all the fish we've been catching on our pre fishes basically for everyone to see.
3: To intimidate them, you mean?
5: hundred percent. Let them know we're catching fish.
3: <laughs> this is part of the strategy.
5: Yeah, look, it's always a bit of a friendly threat. People see you catching fish and maybe they're not. And then, yeah, they're scared of us. <laughs> yeah.
3: You've also got a new, uh, a new donk on the back. So, like, a new engine and a new boat wrap. So you guys have got the mojo with you, massive.
8: Oh, well, hopefully. The only problem is the boat leaks, so... <laughs> we might sink. <laughs> it's only got Sikaflex, so... <laughs> Fingers crossed. It
5: Was it last year we almost sunk?
8: Last
3: year you almost sunk? What happened?
8: Well, we're taking on a lot of water.
3: Not enough sicker.
8: Well, yeah, that's it.
3: Have you guys taken enough uh, spare Sikaflex this time?
8: Well, no, actually, maybe
5: we should add that to our list. <laughs> Look, it can't be any worse than the year that we lost our boat. We, were just, <laughs> we um, broke down and then just tied up to the slushy boat and just hit the party scene instead of the fishing for a bit. And then we started cruising back um, when it was lines in and we got halfway back and noticed our boat wasn't attached to the slushy boat anymore. So <laughs> we had to go back to find it.
3: All right, dudes. Well, um, pre-fishing out of the way, comp time ready, best of luck. Remember enough Sikaflex, uh, and, and hopefully we'll talk to you on the other side.
8: Hopefully, fingers crossed. SWB! Woo!
5: <laughs> Tales from the Tinny.
3: Team kind of a big reel. They got ninth last year, uh, and uh, to all intents and purposes, they are one of the teams to watch, I'm told. Mm-hmm. If nothing else, while you're watching them, you might get a lesson on snorkelling. Uh, it would seem so. That's nice. Why
1: are they snorkeling at Corroboree? You normally will ask all the big questions and the important questions, but this isn't the first time you've missed that obvious question.
3: Oh no. Well, I didn't want to. You know, I didn't want to seem like a, I was out of touch and uncool in front of them. But so, the, so to ask I, you know. All this snorkeling—it's happening at all the comps. It's something that facilitates uh, a, the drinking of a beverage uh, with some, oh, with a snorkel, haste.
1: with a snorkel, with
3: a snorkel. It oh, so it lets the
1: air in. So the great irony here is that now it's me who has
3: come across as out of touch and uncool. You're not, you're not uncool, bro. I mean, everyone likes snorkeling, you, you know. But it's, uh, it is corroborated.
1: Snorkeling's really lovely Snorkeling's and relaxing.
3: Great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other thing to mention here is that the, the, they mentioned a liquid ecstasy shot. Uh, that, that's an alcoholic cocktail, uh, in case you didn't know. Um, just an innocent blend of several <laughs> liquors and, and, and liqueurs. But yeah, it has juice in it. So I'm guessing that's why they, they must have it. For the ju- For, for the, the health juice. juice. Yeah. For the healthy yeah. fruit juice. You know, snorkel. Dear, dear me. Well, that's about it from us for another week, Fishos. Thanks to Russ, to Jody, to Murray... The bat, and the entire SWB team, kind of a big reel, and as always, the man with the flaring nostrils, Warren DeWitt. And finally, if you're going to experience something a little bit sketchy
1: this uh, coming week, fishos, at least have the decency, um, regardless of sketchiness, like where it sits on the sketchy scale, to react in, in, in some way l- like this. Oh, no. <coughs>
3: Stop, Darren. <laughs> yes, you should move. You. Yes, you should move. Ah, uh, sketchy. I think, I'd think i like to think that we do sketchy well here on the tinny. Well, others do sketchy and then we broadcast it well. Yes. yes. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a beautifully
1: executed sketchy right there. So, yeah. Have a good week, fishers. And get a sketchy, nostril-flaring, snorkelling mother right on up.